0: Hello everybody, you are listening to the MS Mobile Show. This is the podcast that helps you get the most out of the Microsoft services you use on all your mobile devices. On this episode, we'll talk a little bit about Cortana and using uh, hands-free. We're going to talk about the latest from the Microsoft mobile space and of course our personal app, music, and podcast tips. My name is Vernon E.L. Smith and today I'm joined by my friend David V. Kimball. David, how are you today, man? I'm doing great, Vernon. I mean, it is
1: sunny in Seattle, so we're off to a good start. Um oh, but what I mean to say by that is, of course, it's always sunny in Seattle, and that is the norm. So everything is normal. <laughs> That's what I actually meant to say.
0: Oh, oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I have not been to Seattle for a while, but when I was there, I used to live in that area. I, um, well, I guess I don't recall that many sunny days. So I'll just say. That.
1: Well, but, you know, you're just picking the memories you want to think about. You didn't think about it most of the time. It was obviously sunny most of the time.
0: Yeah. There you go. But our our uh true our our uh, hearts um life force comes from one of our uh, one of our favorite companies that is near Seattle. So that's why I think it always feels sunny to you. There you
1: go. That's the sunshine. Microsoft is the sunshine that keeps Washington sunny.
0: There we go. <laughs> Well, folks, thanks for uh, for tuning into this show. Um, If you do enjoy the show and you'd like to hear more of it, be sure to subscribe to the show. You can do so using your favorite podcast app or by visiting msmobileshow.com slash subscribe. We also have a video version of the show, which, oddly enough, we are not using today. Uh, We're having some issues, but um, you can usually go to YouTube and watch the video version if you want. Of course, we are uh, primarily... Uh, audio podcast, and uh, we appreciate every single listen. We have audio, video, and I guess I don't know what else is there. So, <laughs> uh, folks, we both David and I really like using Twitter, and we would love it if you follow the show on Twitter. We are at MS Mobile Show. Uh, Twitter is our favorite social network, and we'll be talking about that a little bit later in the show as well. Uh, we've had a few people inquire, uh, several people actually inquire on how they can help support the show. And at this time, we are focusing on just producing the best content we can for a few more episodes. Um, and then at that time, we'll start looking on, and, and how try to come up with the best way for people to contribute monetarily to the show if they'd like. Um, so, so stay tuned to that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, enjoy the current and past episodes and feel free to share with us um, your prefer- preferred way of helping the show stay funded. Something that you might have uh, liked in the past or some new ideas or whatever.
1: That's right. Um, now last week we had a poll uh, which which asked you how you guys use your mobile devices, how many hands you use while you use your mobile devices. And we got lots of great responses. What was it like four hundred and fifty or some
0: great um, actually, large amount? I, th- I think when the poll closed out we actually ended up five twenty. Wow. That's a lot. That's
1: awesome. So we had a lot of interesting responses and what was I think it was very surprising the percentages and we talked about that a little bit. Uh, last week, and if you're curious about looking at those results and um, hearing some of our thoughts, you can uh, tune in to last week's episode uh, by going to msmobileshowcom zero zero eight because that is indeed the eighth episode, and you can okay. find it in the show notes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the poll, the polling app that we used, uh, polling platform was. Straw, many of you are aware of that, but that is available on uh, iOS, Android, and, of course, Windows Phone. Many of you know Ben Rudolph, Ben the PC guy, or at least know of him, and he and a group of his, um, he was part of the team that built that app. So that worked very well for us. It is a free app, so you can uh, feel free to go check that out, and um, it's pretty pretty interesting. And I, if we can, David, I, what, um, we, should, we should try to do a poll every week. We've kind of mentioned that before, but... Um, It'd be kind of cool to do that.
1: Yeah,
0: we're gonna have, I have a couple shout-outs. I'm gonna to uh, shout out here. Um, my little brother, his name is Perry. He recently discovered podcasts after you know me badgering him for several several years. But uh, so far, he's been, been listening to the Dave Ramsey show, and hopefully, he'll listen to our show. He said that he also did try uh, cereal. Said that was uh he, he tried it whatever. And he uses a Galaxy S4, and his recommendation for a podcast app is Podcast Addict. And I don't use Android right now, or I haven't really, but uh, check out that app if you use an Android Podcast Addict. There's plenty of other podcasting apps as well, but there's a, there's a big, um, there's a, a huge room for growth in the Android space as far as podcasts, and people... Um, there's just not as many Android uh, users that use that listen to podcasts, but there's a lot of good apps there, so you can check those out. An- uh, another great another great, another shout-out I'd like to give is to Robert Sherbet. Uh, he's known on Twitter as the, t- the Cheeky Taurus, and some of you may know I've been debating on which phone I should use to replace my wife's old, uh, highly revered Cyan Lumia 920 that she used for quite some time. Uh it really took a beating for a long time and eventually she dropped it dead on ceramic concrete and shattered the screen. And um so Robert has been very was very willing to part with a device of his for a very reasonable price. Uh my wife is uh truly thrilled to have a nice basically brand new shiny yellow nine uh, Lumia nine twenty, which she loves. And so Robert, thanks thanks for that.
1: Now your wife broke the screen. That that's that's impressive. Yeah, (laughs) that almost needs applause.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's Gorilla Glass Um, screen.
1: You can't really break that very easily.
0: Yeah, she 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 managed to do it. So, David, what um, what should uh, just jumping into it, what's our tip of the episode? Tip of the episode.
1: So what's so great about and this? I know this works on the 1520. I do know there are some devices where this does not yet work. But if you were to install an update recently, Hey Cortana now works to activate your phone. And I literally just said it, and my phone just... It worked. (laughs) Right now. Anyway, you can say the phrase that I just said that activates your phone, and um, you can just use Cortana without even touching your device. It's really awesome. So one practical way you can use this is if... Now, again, quick disclaimer. I do not endorse using any phone use while you're driving. However... Sometimes it is important to make a very important phone call, and sometimes you are driving. So rather than picking up your phone and potentially doing something illegal, you can just, maybe your phone is sitting in the seat next to you or something, and you can just say, hey, Cortana, call name of your contact, and you can say, mobile on speaker. And if you say the name of your contact, and you say, what kind of phone, mobile or home, and you say on speaker, you can hear it from a long distance, you can start the call, without even looking away from the road or taking your hands off the wheel.
0: Nice. And I didn't really think about that as far as the on speaker. It makes sense. It's a small, uh, you know, it's not difficult to do, but that's nice to to have it that way. And, of course, you can say, you know, call, you know, home, call work, and there's different options there. There's a lot of things you can do with Cortana, and it would be nice to actually do a full Cortana episode sometime, but um, we're not really... Gonna jump into that right now, David. I I'm curious, and I know a lot of people that use phones also drive vehicles. Okay, so we could probably spend a couple minutes on this, David. What do you consume when you're in the vehicle? C- CDs, if those still exist in your life, um, you know, FM radio. What how, What do you listen to when you're driving? I listen exclusively
1: to my ashtray, and by that, I mean My father helped me modify my ashtray to be a Zune HD dock years ago. Wow. So I put my Zune HD, which I still use to this day, every time I drive. I put it in the ashtray, which I don't use, obviously. And then turn on the sound system and listen to my music collection through my Zune. And you know what? Call me old-fashioned. I mean, that's kind of weird to say that that I'm old-fashioned, but I'm not using <laughs> CDs. But what I'm saying is I don't use cloud storage. Um, I just like the locally stored music device still, and I think Zoom's the best, and that's what I use as far as music goes. And then sometimes phones using GPS. In fact, almost exclusively, phone is running with GPS in the background. Uh, how do you use your devices in the vehicle?
0: Well, um, I, when I tend to go on longer drives, I will admit that I... Uh, go outside the accepted standard of not, uh, making phone calls while you're driving. Um, I do it hands-free. I, I have, um, I'm connected, uh, occasionally through a set of headphones in one side, you know, Bluetooth headphones in one, one ear. But I will, most often, I will have it connected through my, my, my vehicle's sound system so that the, you know, the, I can use the hands, the, the controls on the steering wheel or the, um, you know, you can do a long press on there and say, hey, call, whoever, whatever, you know, that type of thing. Right. And so that is, I will say that I feel that that is less dangerous than holding a phone to your head, which that's quite obvious. Mm-hmm. But I want to recognize, and actually April is Distracted Driving Month for those of you who, whatever, <laughs> you may not know. Hmm. But um, a phone call can be just as distracting as someone in the vehicle. And, of course, you don't want someone in the vehicle distracting you while you're driving right that that being said as long as we've had vehicles we've had multiple people in vehicles and the chances of actually conversing with them are quite high mm-hmm. so i would i feel personally i'm not condoning that this is my own opinion that as long as a phone call is not as long as you can say hey hold on hold on i got to you know pay attention here or something um that that that's how that's how i end up doing it i make phone okay. calls um, but again, I guess I'm not really condoning that. This is my own experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now you're I saying you run. Listen- written- oh, go ahead. Well, well go ahead. Yeah, what, what were you asking? Well, I just wanted to, wanted to clarify. You you say you like listen
1: to your phone through your sound system. So you use like a Bluetooth connection, and you you must have a post
0: 2010 vehicle. The, uh, that's true. Yeah, okay. I've had it, and and you can use um. There's visor clips. I think is what the the term or the the standard. Um, where you would work just transmitting FM from the device clipped to your visor, um, and then, you know, goes through your stereo. I've had that before, you know, when I had older vehicles. So I've been using hands free in the, in the car for quite some time, or pick up whatever. Uh, I do the same thing for music. Um, I don't listen to that much music anymore. I almost never listen to FM, but I'm listening to my own music, potentially streaming or on my device, or I have, um, primarily podcasts and so with most podcast apps you can cre- create a playlist most of the podcasts I listen to are at least an hour long so that takes a bit of time anyway that's mostly the, the the drive that you would be you know the length of the drive and also once you connect at least in my vehicle it will automatically start playing whatever you have most recently played that's sometimes neat. it defaults defaults to music but. and uh, same thing with music you can set up a playlist you can you can start that before you even put the vehicle in drive. There are certainly safe, safer ways to do this, but keep in mind that anything you do in the vehicle, whether it's just taking a drink of water and you drop the cap, okay, or something can be very hazardous, and, and we need to give our, our driving the all the attention that we need. That's right. Same thing, with, same thing with having a child in the background yelling, I want a cookie or, you know, whatever. You need to make wise choices if you need to pull off the road um and attend to what you need to, whether it's your your music, a phone call, a text message. I always have my wife do the text messaging for me, or um, feeding your kid. So, <laughs> it's always but, nice yeah. to have a
1: co-pilot for situations like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually use that quite a bit more more than I used to. I, mm-hmm. I'll just have um, someone with me deal with the phone call or text message.
1: That's nice. Yeah. The, another reason I bring up, I ask you about sort of. Connection is that I have a 81 Camaro, so none of that technology exists in my vehicle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But at least, but you've you've done it the right way, it sounds like, where you've hardwired your Zune in there, you've placed it in, as I understand, you know, a, a good, um, well, a dock basically, so yep. it's not going to flop around. And you can see one or two touches, you know, whatever it would be to play, pause, scroll through, which could be even less movements than it would be to change uh, the radio station perhaps or even, you know, change the the temperature control. So I feel that that's no more distracting than most of the other things you do in a vehicle.
1: That's exactly right. Yep.
0: Yeah. So, folks, you can let us know on Twitter how you use uh, your... Your mobile device in your vehicle, and of course, that could be as a passenger. You could be sitting in the back seat, uh, watching Netflix on your on your phablet. But um, please, if you're going to use um, mobile technology in a vehicle, please do it very, very safely. Say as safely as you can.
1: Before I move on to news, <clears throat> since you brought up being a passenger, I did an experiment a few days ago where I took a my I took my phone, I used internet sharing to tether. And then I took another mobile device and live-streamed a drive <laughs> that my I'm parents afraid. did. And I ri- I, just, I was riding with them because we were having dinner or something. And I just, I said, I titled it, like, sunny day in Seattle. And I started the stream. I got, like, 20 people watching and saying, wow, it's beautiful. And I was like, who cares? Like, why would anybody watch this?
0: <laughs> it's a drive. Well, because it- well, because it was sunny in Seattle,
1: <laughs> I guess I guess that's newsworthy. But like, it was just funny. I, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try this and see what happens. And I got way more views than I thought and hearts. Like uh, the particular application was Periscope that Twitter recently acquired. Yeah. And uh, I got some interaction. I was really surprised. So anyway, that's a fun thing you can try in the car, but you don't need to, obviously.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let's jump ahead to news, and we'll start with the um, the sad part first, I suppose. It's not very n- noteworthy, but we, we just want to bring it up. Apparently, in the news, it was said that two friends uh, got in an argument, and one stabbed the other after dis, you know, very very aggressively discussing the merits of iOS versus Android. Um, I don't really need to elaborate any more of this, except the joke was that well, there are two sides of the joke. Well course they wouldn't complain about windows phone because neither of them had it but the other side was that well no one would have argued if they were just using a windows phone everything would have been (laughs) been right in the world and so i'll take i'll take that stance on it
1: yeah it's like that lumia 920 commercial in the wedding where the two attendees say wow i think they like fighting they don't know about the windows phone lumia 920 uh it's just like that (laughs)
0: Yeah, I forgot about that commercial. That was a pretty good ad campaign, actually. I think it it brought people, it reminded them people that there was Windows Phone for, uh, available, another option. Mm-hmm.
1: So. Yeah, and and one thing about that was I think they were intoxicated too. So there's something <laughs> to go along with like them st- one stabbing the other. But you almost think, you know what? Maybe that's what YouTube commenters would look like in real
0: life. <laughs> wow, hey, that's that's a pretty good point, actually. Um, hmm. Yeah, we could have a whole, David, you and I could have a whole ep, uh, podcast episode on, on, well, I'll just say like taking the high road, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll jump ahead here. I guess um, it is sort of a segue. Well, I'm good at that. The, uh, <laughs> the next item is that Microsoft wins the Global Randstead Award for being the most attractive employer um, brand, basically, worldwide. And I don't know what the Global Rans- ranstead Award is, but um, I'm assuming <clears throat> it has to do with em- attractive employees. I got that. Or employers.
1: Employees.
0: <laughs> attractive
1: employees. Whoops. More than a uh, modeling agency, Microsoft actually has the most attractive employees in the <laughs> entire world.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, not quite what I meant, but yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Um, I guess... It's certainly attractive to you, uh David. What would your thoughts on this be? well, certainly it's funny they're they're getting this um,
1: they're getting this award now because they're going they're just sort of past the um the adolescent stage if you will of their brand change and it's like fully developing like you have these you know the bright colors basically the the modern interface has really shaped their brand and their design and their products and their just their logos even for their respective brands. And it's unified. Um, I remember Greg Sullivan, he's one of the head marketing honchos at Microsoft. and He explained the difference between Apple's branding and the difference between Microsoft's branding. And with Apple, you have an Apple and that is the brand of Apple. And mm-hmm. then Microsoft, you have a bowl of fruit and that is the brand of Microsoft because there's different components, but it makes up one unit. I thought that was a really interesting analogy, and with Office and OneDrive and Skype, you think of different components of the Microsoft unit, and it's pulling together very nicely. Like In 2010, even, uh, it was like Office seemed like something completely different than Skype. I don't think Microsoft acquired Skype yet. Maybe they did. I don't remember. Um, and just they, they didn't seem very unified. Now it's like a, Windows is unified with Skype and unified with Office and unified with Xbox, and it feels it just feels like a more attractive brand.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like that. But as far as an employer standpoint, being an attractive employer, um, you know, what you know, you, you like Microsoft for for many reasons. Um, do you think your desire to work with Microsoft has changed since 2010 because of their branding?
1: Yeah, I think it has. Um, it's funny, too. Like, people have always talked about, like, the benefits you get as a Microsoft employee. So that's always been there. Um, but now, like, if recently, I don't know if you've seen this, they pushed through a new policy for vendors. So Microsoft vendors get, like, paid time off now. So they're treating people really well and... Um, there's just this confidence there now, with, especially under Satya. There's just this confidence uh, and this energy a- around the
0: employees there. It's really exciting. Hmm. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Well, let's jump into the next uh, item here. Um, there are new new features of Windows 10 Mobile have been leaked and we don't want to dwell on leaks and rumors stuff in the future too much because we want people to, to go back and actually um, get something out of the show occasionally <laughs> instead of stuff that's coming up. But <laughs> the I thought these were noteworthy. Uh, the background transparency slider, that's kind of cool because you would be able to change how, well, how bright the transparency is. Pretty, pretty simple. Um, basically the opacity level of the tiles you know, or like how strong the, the background is compared to the tiles. And I, I think options are great. Uh, I, I always think that, I guess, I, I don't know if I'm going to fiddle around with this much, but it is nice to have um, the option there. As far as the new accent colors, uh, it's up to 48 available accent colors, up from the 20 plus There's there is allowed one uh, carrier, you know, mobile operator branded color you, they would throw in there.
1: Yeah, forty-eight. No, I don't know about you, but I can't count that high. So I'm excited for that many options.
0: You know, I I think as long as I've had a Windows Phone, I've used probably four different colors, That's and I try to change it up. I try to be creative, and four is my creative max. Wow. That's, that's as much as I get. So. That's so funny. I remember back in
1: the Windows Phone 7 days, I found a hack for my LG Quantum where you could put any hexadecimal, hexadecimal value of color in. and yeah. So I went wild with that. I have like a slightly darker blue than everyone else's phone, so it's like totally cool.
0: You're such a rebel. Yeah. I know. Too much of a rebel. <laughs> um, Lumia Camera 5.5. Okay. Wonderful. Higher numbers are always good, right? <laughs> but- <laughs> What was what's interesting about this is that it allows the quick launch of the camera app on the Lumia 1020, and I know tons of people who are excited to see that. That is so cool, and I don't know. I mean, this isn't official, but uh, I sure hope this actually works and doesn't, you know, just kill the battery on that thing or or whatever. But some hidden um, downsides. Yeah, this is really really a, a positive thing if it if it turns out as well as. As um as it, as it sounds, um the next item I have here is uh, developer features for Windows 10 Mobile. Um, I don't know. I wrote I put I typed that in there like a week ago. I don't even know what I was referring to. Do you do you recall, developer David? Developer features. No, I, I can't think of anything. It was um oh maybe it's like um you you toggle if you turn on or off developer. Like you can put in extra, I don't know, like, USB debugging or like whatever. I know Android has this feature, and I, um, I don't know. I guess it's good if they adding features. I'll I'll take it. So, okay. Uh, what about you? Want to c- cover a couple of these next ones here? Or? Sure. Um, actually,
1: I'm, I don't know about the next one, so you should cover call screening. Okay.
0: Call screening and uh contacts. It is, well, jeepers. Now I forgot to. Alright all right, listeners, you're you're listening to a very poorly put together show, so I apologize. Hey, we um, did
1: pretty well until this point. Well, there, there's a great video that, that that the leak the leak came primarily from this video that covers a lot of these things. Uh, one thing that stood out to me is um, like the new app versions of uh, you know, OneNote and Microsoft Word. Um, they just seem really more put together and just so fully featured. I think it's really creative too how they took advantage of the bottom bar, like for the settings, basically. And you you think of the ribbon, like the ribbon interface in like Microsoft Office, but now it's on the bottom and it's optimized for mobile. And that's where you get all those settings, like formatting, bold, um, you know, spacing, columns, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, I I love that, and I could be really cynical and say, well, in in Word on the PC, it's at the top, but now we're putting it on the bottom on the phone, which is exactly what I want and where my thumb is, but we're also migrating away from the controls on the bottom in everywhere else. So, what's going on with that? But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like stuff at the bottom where you can access it. Um, and I think this new, these new versions of OneNote and Word look, they really do look very nice. And, um, I like to mess around a little bit more with with what, you know, how you'd compose an email or a Word document. And uh, the um, the Outlook app basically uses Word or at least uh, p- portions of it for composition, email composition, so that's, that's good.
1: Right. Now, the one caveat I would say to this is, and this is something people have been taking for granted on Windows Phone, is people complain about the Office apps, just, you know, oh, they don't have this feature, they don't have that. They're really snappy, though. They're really fast applications that are reliable. They will open your documents, you know, really quickly. What I did notice in this, uh, again, this is a preview of beta software, but still, there was some rather significant loading times to open a new document, for example. Um, Hmm. So, I mean, you get more features, you have more stuff. You're going to get a slight cost, maybe, in timing. We're talking about a Lumia 1020 camera. It's taking us this long to get it to launch quickly. Yes, you know, 41 megapixels, it's a really great camera, but it did take a little bit to launch. So that's you're just costing... We we're trying to meet the gap between speed and features, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It'll be interesting to see how they balance that. A couple more apps that they are updating. Uh, Spartan is uh, updated, of course. They're going to continue with that. The, the iteration on that will be pretty quick, um, pretty fast, I would imagine. And also an update to the store itself. Um, it looked nice. I mean, I, I liked the direction they were going with it, but I really don't spend a lot of time in the Windows Phone store the way it is. Um, actually, if I'm searching for an app, if I know the name of it, I'll actually just type it in the, the app list from the start screen and um, just go to it that way. I've almost never browse through there. Uh, do, you, do you check the store to see what's new, David?
1: Yeah, once in a while I'll, I'll look through it. Uh, if nothing else, to see if, like, a friend's application is ever featured. Because that's always fun to see. Uh, and then you can let them know, and, it, you know, usually makes their day. Um, and I, I used to do it more than I do now. Um, but, I don't know, yeah, once in a while I'll look through categories. There's definitely some categories I never touch as far as kinds of applications. But, you know, I'll look through, like, I always am looking to see if that new obscure social network is out Um uh, in the store, just because it's fun to see, like, you know, which social networks prioritize a Windows Phone application over others. But hmm. I don't do a ton
0: of it. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's good to. I guess I rely too much on the different media sources that that tell us all this stuff before before it's even available.
1: It's not a bad way to do it though, because there's just so much stuff out there.
0: Yeah, and boom! If I didn't say segue right now, I would have already had a great transition. Um. Windows Central has shared that uh, Pocket Casts, a very popular um, podcasting app on Android and iOS, and also the web, it is uh, coming to uh, window, um, Windows Phone, which is great. I think it's awesome. So that's coming. Pocket Cast is a big deal uh, in in a lot of ways. It syncs up your, you know, you can play halfway through an episode on your phone, uh, pause it, come in, you know, restart it again from the browser or even from a different mobile device, and that's obviously a pretty big deal. And I'm pretty sure it's coming to Windows itself. I actually don't recall that. Do you, David?
1: No, it would be great if there was a unified app, though, because that would just, oh, my goodness. You, you, you're you on the road, you're listening to your podcast, you get home, you resume it on your PC, you, you you know, you pull out your non-Microsoft device, you resume it. That's just that's a cool idea right there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I use, I use my Surface uh, primarily for a media device. Even if I just play music through it, sitting on the counter, that would be nice to do that. That way I'm not tying up my phone. Like, that's a really big deal, I guess. But um, that would be cool to do it that way, even if it's just on a regular, on a consumption tablet, not necessarily a work work PC. Right. So... Um, the, uh, <laughs> Microsoft is planning to sell a unique 32-gigabyte version of the Surface 3. Of course, the base model of the Surface 3 started at 64 gigabytes of storage. But 32-gigabyte version just for schools. Uh, of course, there will be a, a discount on that. Um, I don't know specifically what the discount will be. But I like that they're, like that they're pushing to get this stuff in the schools. It's It's great to see and I would love it if my daughter's school adopted this. Just, you know, because right now they use Google Docs and, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like they're getting, they're not getting a true um, business experience where they, when they get to the real world, okay, whatever that is, yeah, some companies do use Google Docs as their primary office document um, platform, okay. I know that they exist out there. But I know that there's not that many in comparison to most places they use Microsoft Office. And so using Microsoft stuff in schools, uh, you know, Office, for example, but, of course, the, the cloud, all that, is great preparation for, for kids as they go through and, and prepare for the next stage in their life. Uh, David, when you were in high school, what did you guys use as a as a computing platform? Well, it's actually really... Funny and ironic
1: because during i was i was one of the more technical people <clears throat> at my high school it was a very small high school, and we were using windows xp pcs so they weren't you know they weren't real state of the art we used but we used all microsoft uh we used Microsoft office when we were to use the computer labs and stuff what was funny though was the year I graduated um the, the principal who I know very well great guy. He emailed uh, a number of us and said, hey, after this year, we've decided to uh, make it a priority and have upgraded all the PCs to Windows 7, which was, you know, at the time, the most recent one. And we're going to start a, uh, a tech class next year with Jared Potter. And Jared Potter worked on Kin and Zune and Windows Phone and taught kids, like the kids at the high school, for, and I think he still does it. He teaches part-time. At my high school, and does and teaches them how to build like Windows Phone apps and stuff. Wow! Of course, that was the year after <laughs> I graduated. But you know what? I'm so happy that was happening.
0: That's very cool. That's that's good to see that that they're sticking with or you know going with Microsoft. That's my choice, obviously. So yeah. Last uh, main general news item here: uh, Microsoft did release a contacts um, and message SD card backup app. That's the and if if you're using a Windows Phone or really on any smartphone right now, you should log in with your preferred, um, well, email. You know, whether it's a Microsoft ID or if you're using Android, use your Gmail. iOS, I guess you could use uh, Gmail, Microsoft, or um, <laughs> your iCloud account if you if you felt the need. And so by doing that, it backs up contacts to that. That uh, email basically, and then when you log in again with your new, you know, a new phone or after a reset or something, it pulls your contacts in. Makes sense, simple. But that's primarily for the people that are actually listening to this podcast. That type of those type of people. And so I'm stereotyping everyone. You better live up to the stereotype I'm giving you. If you if you are not as technically savvy, you may not be logging with a with a Gmail or something or, or Microsoft ID, obviously. And to transfer your contacts, you may just use an SD card. And now the, uh, there's an app that does that very well for, for, for Windows Phone. It is a live app. It's not like it's uh, in beta or anything. And so I've used it. i backed up my contacts. Um, I really have no use for this. I, I use Microsoft ID, of course. But it's great to see this available for consumers. Now, the difference being now, the next step for this to actually be helpful, beneficial in mass, would be for the people selling the phones, people working in a mobile phone store to know that this exists and to help people out with it so that there's less of an, a, an issue because right now it's more difficult to transfer contacts from a Windows phone to or from a Windows phone uh, than the other devices especially using those you know there's contact transfer software and hardware that the mobile phone the mobile stores use and Microsoft the Windows phones don't don't work very well with that at this time so it's nice to see this app available um, David when was the last time you transferred contacts other than using just a Microsoft ID I mean is it is it a has it been a thing in your family
1: um, not particularly I would say the one experience I have had is I've I've just been interested in creating backups at like another ID so for example um, for a while when I before I sold my MacBook Pro, I would experiment with, because I had friends that would be like, well, I want to get my, you know, my Mac contacts to my Microsoft account, so I'd experiment with ways, like I'd take my, the, the iCloud contacts, and then I'd export it to a certain file format that worked with, like, a Google account, and then I'd upload it to that, and then I'd export it to comma separated value, which worked with Microsoft. So there, I found, like, really funny, like, gorilla type ways to move contacts around, just for like again, friends, I, I I have no need. Like you said, I use one ID and all my stuff saved. And it's not an issue. But certainly for friends, I've looked I've looked into it a little bit, and so having this backup is definitely nice for that. I'd also say in business environments where they're trying to, you know, standardize a line of devices for employees um, instead of like sharing one cloud account and the hassle of passwords or figuring out what stuff syncs over and like when jo- when Joe when Joey like, uninstalls this app, it affects everyone else's device. They can take an SD card, back it all up, throw, throw like, really small SD cards in there, and then use local accounts, and then give them the freedom of using their own personal Microsoft account and still have all the contacts they need uh, without it, like, you know, interfering with, like,
0: a whole business cloud,
1: like, fiasco.
0: Cool. Yeah, I, I guess I... Uh, just a reminder that not all uh, Windows phone devices support an SD card, but basically all the new ones coming out, I think the last one that did not was the Lumia Icon slash 930, and that's still been about at least a year or so. But going forward, I think that's the direction Microsoft is going. They're making sure that uh, the SD cards are supported. And, of course, just about all Android phones support that. Um, but I guess this app isn't for Android. So, uh, David, do you want to cover the Apple news? Apple News. So
1: what's funny is Microsoft is, although they have released their Microsoft Band, they are strangely uh, adapting to the world of the Apple Watch in the sense that they have released updates to the OneDrive and PowerPoint applications on iOS to support Apple Watch usage. So on OneDrive, via your Apple Watch, you can view pictures and photos, which is pretty neat. And then with PowerPoint, this is my personal favorite, you can advance slides on your Apple Watch. How cool is that? Um, my favorite part of this, as far as a scenario would be, is if some you know Apple person uh, is giving a presentation on an Apple device and they're using their Apple Watch, they'll be advancing a Microsoft PowerPoint slide presentation to present their Apple stuff. Uh, <laughs> and everyone will be wowed and he'll be forced to say, it is a Microsoft offering that I, that enables me to do this. And yeah. then he will say the word Microsoft one more time than
0: he wants to and it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I I like that Microsoft is expanding. I mean as from a business choice, obviously it's very really, it's wise to get their stuff available everywhere that's possible. But as a Windows Phone enthusiast, <laughs> I would love for that that exclusivity to be available only on the band. And so mm-hmm. oh you have to get a band to be able to do this. Um, but, you know, I can get past that. Yeah. As far as the Google uh, News, the Google Microsoft News, uh, the only thing I have to add today is that the Microsoft Microsoft account app available in the Google Play Store, uh, You should you should install that. That's going to help you with two-factor authentication. It's going to, you know, Microsoft has great... Um, two-factor authentication, basically security, and I've helped I helped a, a lady with this recently. She used Outlook. She installed the Outlook app for her. I don't remember if it was. I think it was her Android device, and and she had locked herself out of of her Outlook. Well, she just typed in the wrong password, and and it can be more you know it can be easier to to mess that up on a mobile device. It asked for. You know, uh, to to reset the password, I helped her get to that far, and it had the alternate email in there that it would send to her. Well, she didn't have that email set up on her Android device, so she, I explained how to, when she gets home or whatever, to log in, do that on her PC with the other email address, go through the steps of uh, resetting her her Microsoft ID, and I explained to her not to overly justify it or something. I said that this extra layer of security is in there. That the, the re, you know you're going through this hassle so that someone else can't get in uh, ahead of you. You know can't mess with mess with this. And for a long time, I've had a Yahoo account. I guess I still have it. And that would get hacked. And I don't understand how yeah. either myself or especially other people would get hacked all the time. And I would get spam from people. Obviously this isn't from you and I would reply, hey, you probably got hacked all the time. Yahoo was horrible for that. And yeah. I'm sure they've gotten better. I don't I'm not trying to rag on Yahoo. I'm just saying that Microsoft does it very well and I of all the different Microsoft accounts that I've had, I, I can't I don't I've never gotten hacked or been um I and I can't recall getting spammed from a hotmail account. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's I'm sure it has happened, but Anyway, this app, Microsoft Account app, is going to help you with two-factor authentication, so you don't necessarily have to do go through that whole uh, r- rigmarole, but the extra security there is is there for a reason, and um, I welcome it.
1: Right, that's one thing people need to remember. I, I don't think our
0: listeners particularly would be
1: the target for this, so I might be preaching to the choir, but people love to freaking complain about passwords, and it's like, you know, please provide a solution that you would prefer. I mean, look, you want to access your account wherever you are. It's going to involve a username and password. Go cry about it. I mean, that's that's awesome. Like you should be I don't know. I feel like people should be relishing the fact that all they have to do is type in a username that's probably on the top of their head all the time because it's what they use everywhere. And then a password that yes, you have to exercise some effort in remembering it, but like that enables you to use it wherever you want, whenever you want. That's amazing. So I think you will need to stop complaining about passwords.
0: You know, we could probably do a show—not a full show, but um, a tip about passwords, or at least that type of that type of thing. Because I have, I have a certain way I do my passwords. I don't use those password lockers. Maybe I should, whatever. But um, every password of mine is different. But it is still some I find a system in which I can recall them. You know, yeah, I think I
1: think too. it'd be fun to touch on a few tips for passwords because I know they're big stumbling blocks for people. And as you know, they're getting more accounts, they're getting more passwords they have to keep track of. So I think that's a great idea. Um, well, I think we should save that. I want to include one last thing about passwords. Because okay. if you use like a locker, like what you're saying, like a password locker, if you're skeptical, like you just feel like putting all your passwords in one place is just asking for trouble, devise a system in which you can write down a keyword, now this is almost like another layer of passwords, but it helps me out, a keyword that reminds you of the password instead of the actual full password Mm -hmm. or like an abbreviation because that at least helps me rest a little easier knowing that even if someone had access to it and they tried copying and pasting it, it wouldn't work. But I know exactly what I mean when I say that random word and it's, oh, it's that password, right. So it's not a perfect solution, but if you're if you're concerned about security, it's like an extra layer.
0: Yeah, I I agree. That's that's good. I mean, it, it's uh, yeah, we can we could do another whole half a show on this. So we're nearing the end of our time anyway. So let's jump on to personal app picks here. David, what would you recommend for a Windows Phone app pick of the episode?
1: Personal app pick. I have used recently, a really cool application called Modern Translate. And it is like the translator that Microsoft offers. Your your simple translation from one language to another. And, you know, it's it's not perfect as, you know, as we, what you might expect. But what I love about Modern Translator is just it's it works extremely well. You can do voice, you can say voice, you can scan a picture, you can manually type it, and it will translate. You can even pin to start like two language like a language pair for example English to Japanese so i liked i like uh, surprising one of my friends who knows Japanese and writing a you know writing some phrase and then it roughly translates correctly and then i'll send it and they'll be like how did you type that because i'll just copy and paste the you know Japanese characters and so that's always fun to do but it has some practical some practical uses as well uh, the last thing i'll say about this app is that it has the Windows 10 design, uh, and by that I mean it has the new, like the new toggles, the new toggle buttons. It has the new uh, menu switching. It looks just like a Windows 10 for phones or Windows 10 mobile application, and it's for Windows Phone 8.1. So hmm. you also check it out. Again, it's called Modern Translate.
0: Well, real quick, do you know if the Windows ten controls, the UI elements are available in Visual Studio, or did I don't they know. I mean, because it's easy to drop those over, you know, if if they were there, but to actually recreate each of those is probably uh, quite a challenge. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say. I mean they look
1: strikingly similar, so uh, you know, maybe they did just import them from the latest version of Visual
0: Studio, but if they recreated them, props. They look great and very similar. Wow, nice. Cool. So, modern translate. That sounds that sounds cool. I'll have to check it out. My app pick of the week is Tweedium, and many of you probably already use this. But Tweedium is by developer um, Brandon Paddock, and it is a Windows Phone and Windows uh, desktop or not desktop, but you know, universal app uh, for Twitter. I really like it. I've, I it's my my go-to app on the on the on the phone. I don't like it quite as much on the, the the PC, but the nice thing about it is that it, it saves your timeline and everything. I mean, it's a good it's a good app for a lot of reasons. I don't really need to get too deeply into it, but it's nice about it, and I like this business model: is that you pay, you know, I don't know what it was, four bucks or something a year for with well, a year for um you know use on both the phone and and the PC. I, I could be wrong on the price, but that way I I'm not paying. 20 bucks, okay, right now and using it forever, I'm fr- I would be front-loading that app. Well, I think um, maybe uh, TweetDeck. I mean, like, there's some other Twitter apps that can be expensive, but this has a lot of good features in it, and so I might get sick of it. I mean, I wouldn't be, but, like, I might choose to do something later, in, you know, a year from now, but then I'm not going to continually – I'm not going to have that big up upfront um, – uh, cost, but then not use it. So I felt just fine paying this much for it. Uh, Metro Twit, as an example, I think that was 15 bucks. Um, wow. Maybe it was 12, something like that. And I I paid for that gladly, but um, I stopped using it. Basically, well, I think my Uh, what happened? I think I did stopped using it for a little while and then they started did a refresh like they and I didn't re-log in or something and so I lost the privileges because of how Twitter is. That's a whole we don't need to jump into that, but I'm really getting off in the weeds here. But but Tweedium for Windows Phone and Windows is great. So check it out, it's a good app for Twitter.
1: Yeah, I read Um, lots of good stuff about it.
0: Yeah. As far as my music pick, I will choose Andrew WK. Some of you may know who this is, many of you probably don't, but uh he really uh he's been in the music industry for I don't know 15 years or so now his first album came out in 2000 it was uh, 2002 i think when it hit hit the us and it's it's metal okay but it's not screaming metal and it's it, the subject matter is i guess kind of dark i mean there's even a song called you better get ready to die okay but um i guess you could take a step back and say well as humans we should get ready to die because we all will <laughs> but um he, it's really interesting because his music is so lively i mean it's metal i mean it's 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 heavy but it isn't it's still um springy i don't know how to explain it and his and the, the way he sings is still very cheerful in a in a very odd odd manner and so his first album i mean each song on there was like you know, a minute and forty-five seconds long. Like it was very, very quick album, uh, just to the point. Very interesting songs on there, um, and just and this one, just I love New York City, and it's just or uh, it's time to party. You know, it's very very simple, but it is interesting. He he's got some new albums recently, and I I just ended up going back to the old stuff anyway. But Andrew WK. Uh, check it out, of course, in the Xbox Music Store. And I would listen to the his first album, primarily. I think it's called uh, Get Wet or something. It's 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 um, interesting. Hmm. Awesome. Look at that. Um, my pick is
1: a band called The Hush Sound, and they are not metal. They are not anything. They're a, sort of a pop-rock indie band, and they're very fun to listen to. I think they're pretty much... It's weird to say universally liked, but I really haven't met anyone that doesn't like their music. They're not very polarizing like some of the other bands i listen to. Um, some of the songs that I really like by them are As You Cry, We Intertwine, Not Your Concern, Wine Red, and more recently in their EP of two songs, Scavengers. Um, they're a really fun band. And being in Seattle, you're around a lot of music, and I got to see them live. It was one of the best shows I've ever seen. They just know how to have fun. They're very talkative. Uh, with the with the crowd, which everyone loves, they made tons of raining Seattle jokes. So they localized their jokes, <laughs> you know, uh, the stuff you don't always get from live concerts. Uh, but just a fun group, fun songs. They have like you know piano and guitar, and they're just they're just fun
0: songs. So I definitely encourage you guys to to check them out. The Hush Sound. Cool. Speaking of uh, live concerts, last night. Let's see, today's Monday, right? Yeah, Sunday. Jack White showed up in Fargo. And no one knew he was coming, I mean, like it was rumored, and so they did a, he said, okay, I'm doing one concert, three bucks a ticket, and people were just lined up out the door before they opened up, and people were lined up for, well, f- at least 14 hours, a friend of mine was lined up for 14 hours to get a ticket. Wow. And it's just really, really interesting that, that Jack White is here. It's kind of like sort of his final tour, I mean, like, you know, you know, uh, ACDC does a final tour all the time, but... Um, Jack White was here and it was cool and my wife and I my wife suggested that I take the night off from work to go to it and I couldn't couldn't take her up on that offer but uh whatever <laughs> what's your podcast pick That's should... awesome.
1: That's really cool. I didn't realize that. Uh my podcast pick is going to be a throwback to the Zoo podcast back in the day uh when ZooN was a big deal and there were ZooN fans before there were Windows Phone fans before there were Windows fans. Well, that's not true, but I mean like modern Windows. Um, Zoo United podcast was a very early iteration of covering what Microsoft was doing post Vista Microsoft, um, and it was just you know I think some of them are still around, but of course it's not an ongoing podcast anymore. It stopped happening years ago, but it was just fun to hear the energy and the uh, passion that the people of Zoo United had. Uh, I'm going to shout-out to Jared Marino, who I get to work with now. Um, he's a Microsoft vendor, and I get to do stuff with him, and he was part of that. And I listened to that podcast when I was in eighth grade, and um, I remember it from that long ago. So just want to shout-out to that.
0: Cool. Yeah, I I, I did I enjoyed that podcast as well back way back a while ago. So My podcast pick is Pater Familius, the, the Pater Familius podcast. This is a podcast about uh, men, basically who are you know uh, parents, husbands, you know fathers, husbands, and just straight up guys, you know, just um, but they they talk about and it's it's not officially a faith based uh, show, but they do have they're all they're all Christians and they have. Uh, a, a slant that they put on, on life. Okay. A, a slant, I feel in the right, right direction, but talk about their kids, their wives, just the, 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 their own hobbies and then how they fit it all together. And it's a biweekly show three or sometimes four guys who just talk about this. And they, what's interesting is that they're actually all from the same place. So they meet together. Most podcasts are done virtually, you know, David, you and I are not <laughs> sitting next to each other, but, um, these guys all meet in the same room, uh, every couple weeks and do this podcast. So paterfamilias podcast, paterfamilias means the head of the household basically. And, uh, that's what they talk about, what the, the, the things that they go through as the head of the household. Awesome. Next up. Yeah. Next up is our Twitter tip. Last episode, we started this segment as uh, for a Twitter tip and I hogged the microphone. So David, why don't you go walk us through this week's Twitter tip?
1: I will. And this will be quick because it's fairly straightforward. But if you have been listening to this show, the MS Mobile Show, and you have been thinking to yourself, "Wow, they keep talking about Twitter and how great it is," Um, I am not interested in making an account to hear celebrities talk about when they go to the bathroom. Yeah, that is not Twitter. That is that is. I mean, it can be if you want it to be, and you follow the lamest people on the earth. Okay, Twitter is what you make of it. (laughs) Twitter is what you make of it. So I encourage you, if you have any vested interest in Twitter or just to follow the MS Mobile show because you love our show so much. Um, make a Twitter account and follow our tips from last episode and uh, Vernon covered making a profile picture, uh, filling out your bio, stuff of that nature, just the basic stuff. And if you want to get plugged into a community on Twitter, that that is probably, the I would argue, the best use of Twitter is to get plugged in into communities in which you have vested interests, um, notably For us, being sort of a Microsoft centric community. So, for example, what I did when I first started using Twitter is I would search, you know, back then, Zoom, or more recently than that, Windows Phone or Microsoft, and see what sorts of conversations other people on Twitter were saying, were were having rather, uh, on these topics. And Twitter search is a powerful tool, so use it. Um, You can, of course, put hashtags in there, um, which will sort of zero in more on a particular uh, topic. So, For example, hashtag Windows Phone, hashtag WinFan are great ones to search if you want to see what people are talking about in the Microsoft community. It'll also bring up profiles, so people might include Windows Phone, Microsoft in their Twitter bio, and then you get to meet some of the cool people that are into those things. And then, of course, lastly, you search just individual tweets. The next point I would bring up is engage with users. So if someone tweets at you and says, hi, Do not ignore them. Respond to them and say, hello. And uh, if you – I mean, I never have issues talking. You guys might have figured that out by now. I like to talk a lot. Um, But if you are struggling with coming up with something to talk about, look at their bio. See what sorts of things they um, want to reveal about themselves, what sort of things they want to identify themselves as, and ask them about it, you know. Someone says, owner of – you know. Mustang from 93 and still going strong. Be like, wow, that's great that you have a Mustang. How long have you owned it? Then they'll talk about that, and you you might get a follow out of it, or you might make a new friend out of it. Um, so definitely engage with users, whether that's a follow, a favorite, or a retweet. So those are the tips. Vernon, what are your thoughts on
0: these tips, and do you have anything to add? Well, just one quick thing is that if you're if you're new to Twitter, or even if you you're not – Think of Twitter as as the public side of you. Okay. Don't try to do Twitter privately. Okay. If you can you can do a face I think of Facebook as that. If you're going to connect with your friends, family, and share the um, more personal side of your life, do that somewhere besides Twitter, because Twitter you, you want to you wanna project not project, I mean I, I use Twitter, you know, mostly tech, but I, I, I allow the rest of my life to bleed in as well. And to do so, you, you um, I'm getting too verbose here. Basically, my point being, don't have a private Twitter account. Have it, uh, make your tweets public. You know, you don't want someone to have to request to follow you because they're not going to be able to see their, your tweets. They're not going to be able to retweet your your tweets once they've you've already accepted their friend request or follow request. And uh, it, when I roll across someone who, who has a private account, even if I find it interesting what their bio says, or or might have seen something, someone might have quoted them, I won't necessarily request, a, you know, a follow because they're obviously trying to stay isolated and they may not even want want me there, you know. So make it public if if you want to use Twitter this way. Uh, open yourself up and of course go back to the last episode and you can find out how how to become. Uh, basically, how to set up your profile so that people can see what you're about and, and why you're on Twitter, and just engage with people. Just like David said, go out there, just search for stuff, talk to people, favorite, retweet, uh, you know, re- reply to people, follow a course, and uh, just—it's it- what you make out of it.
1: Right. And really quickly, before we get to the wrap-up section of this episode, I want to say too, these are suggestions that Vern and I have for using social networks, but there really, you know, there really is no rule book. Unfortunately and fortunately for how to use social media, it's it's what you make of it. Um, I try to sometimes I get in the habit of like policing people and how they should use it. And really, um, I think we should take a step back and say this is how we use it. And this is how we've made it successful for us. Um, other than the rules of the social network excel, itself that you signed when you read all the terms and conditions, which everyone does, the <laughs> account. Uh, there really is no wrong way. And I, and I say that almost cringing because I think of the brutally misused hashtags. I think of all the <laughs> ridiculous tweets I've seen. And I want to say that you're doing it wrong, but I just, I can't say you're doing it wrong. So if you want to use it and you want to, you know, I don't know, tweet about, just tweet random stuff that, you know, doesn't really, doesn't seem like it matters to me,
0: you're free to do that. It it just depends on your goals. For my wife, she just uses it to vent. You know, she just puts on Twitter what she's feeling at the time and really doesn't care, you know. But it just depends on your goals on Twitter. Yep. Anyway, let's let's wrap this up here. Thanks again, folks, for listening to the MS, show, uh, MS Mobile Show. We appreciate that. If you've enjoyed it, please listen again. Uh, subscribe to the show, of course, uh, msmobileshow.com slash subscribe or use your favorite podcasting app. Uh, visit msmobileshow.com slash episodes uh, to see the video or to go back and look at past episodes. We want to connect with you on Twitter, obviously, at MS Mobile Show. We're also on Facebook, Google Plus, same thing, MS Mobile Show. You can contact the show via email at contact at msmobileshow.com. David can be reached at on Twitter at David V Kimball, and I can be reached on Twitter at Vernon E L. We do record this show every Monday, one in the afternoon our time, or I should say my time, here in the Midwest. Uh, David over is eleven o'clock Pacific time. As well, if you're over there, you can tune in at that time. Or if you're over yonder in London, for example, it would be 7 in the evening. Most importantly, folks, thank you very much for listening. Have a great week, everyone. Stay mobile. Stay mobile.